You're listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Podcast, episode number 47 with Mike Raber. small business owners, welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where we focus on creating brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner. FYI, this is also the name of the number one Amazon best-selling book for small business and entrepreneurship. The good news is you can find this book on paperback and ebook form. Just so you know which one it is on Amazon, go to Amazon and type in Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. The subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. And if you're listening to this after November 2018, the book we're referencing today is the Vibrant Blue Covered Book. So hi, rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I'm the anthology leader, which really means I'm the one who decided to invite other people to uh, write a book with me. And this is a really great book. And today we are honored to have Mike Raber, number one bestselling author, with us to talk about your business's performance. Very specifically, Mike wrote a chapter about managing your network your leads, and taking care of your business's finances. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Maggie. How are you today? I am well, and you? I am fantastic. Okay, you ready to bring it home one more time? Oh, yes. I always enjoy these talks. (laughs) Okay, I know you do. Mike uh, wrote a chapter. It's the fifth one in the book, and it's titled How to Avoid the Three Most Common Challenges Every Small Business owner encounters. And Mike, you covered a lot of ground in that chapter, and I know you only scratched the surface, um, but there's a lot of challenges that small business owners have, and there's even curiosity. Um, I've had a lot of people come forward and ask questions like, why, why do people do what they do? And that's actually what I think would be a really cool topic today to talk about is you do a couple of really cool things to help small business owners. And I'm curious, and I, well, I know the answer, <laughs> but I, I know others are curious with why you do what you do. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your big why? Okay. Well, my why is actually quite simple. I love being able to help small business owners and business owners of any shape and size take the business from where they're currently at and okay. move it to in, in the direction that they want to get to. And really, in a nutshell, the why behind that is growing up. I have a unique uh, unique um, upbringing in that one half of my family was very capitalistic and the other half of my family, one perhaps could have referred to as communist, a socialist, or anti-business. Now, we're listening to both arguments across the table, and as a young kid, it puzzled me that the, they both talked about freedom. They both talked about having the ability to live the good life, to have food on the table, to have community, to have people around them, to be part of something, to okay. be able to impact and improve society. And whatever label that 
people would put on it, I would look around and I would watch the businesses around me. And they, on one hand, puzzled me, and the other hand, they amazed me because many of them struggled day in and day out, and they brought amazing dreams. They brought incredible whys themselves. They brought everything they had to the table and tried to make it in their business. In many ways, small business is what our country was built upon. And yet, often they would fail. And then I would watch other businesses that would make it. And it puzzled me as a young kid why some figure it out and some never do. And those who figured it out, I noticed, had a few common similarities that they became very good at. And the number one, which I talk about in the chapter, is networking. They, who they knew who their networks were. They knew who their customers were and how to serve them. The second thing I noticed was having a strong systematized approach to how they build their businesses. They build their businesses not just for today, but for tomorrow. And the third and most important of all that I noticed was having a solid financial foundation. And the businesses that were built with core financial, core financial foundation, kind of like the three little pigs. <laughs> having a solid financial foundation is like building your house out of brick versus building it out of straw. And having a solid network and community around you is having that solid gate, solid fence, solid um, environment around your business that will keep the wolf at bay versus coming in and destroying your business. Nice. So really, I guess a very long-winded answer to your question is my why is I discovered that everyone should have a business of some sort. Even if they have a job, they should still have a side hustle that they do because that is really the ultimate freedom. The ultimate victory is to take an idea, a concept, or a product that is created by hand, bring it to market, and know that that mark, that idea, that concept, not only is going to impact and improve society, but it's also going to create profit and give the individual the ability to live a great life. And because of that, the fact that I'm in a position where I wake up every morning and I get to go out and work with businesses that are very excited about what they're doing, that are scared, that are passionate, that are many, many adjectives I could come up with, but they all share the common bond or common theme of how can I take my idea, concept, and bring it to market and make a profit and live a good life. And I am blessed with the opportunity to help people do that. And that's my why. <laughs> so your why is to help people get from A to B so they can have freedom, however they choose to label that. Correct. And for the listeners out there, I should probably throw out the typical networking theme of create an elevator pitch or a 30-second explanation to what your why is. I just gave you the elevator pitch for a slow-moving elevator in a 300-foot building or 300-story <laughs> building. <laughs> an old, slow elevator like in a New York hotel or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> an old hotel. Okay. Exactly. Now, if I have to get from the fifth floor to the first floor, it's simply I want to impact and improve the lives of people so that they can become better versions of themselves and build a great business and live a great life. Okay. So that's why you do it. Yep. And 
have there been different um, points in your life that have brought significance to this for you? Oh, yes. Or validated the need for it? Mm -hmm. All the time, every day. I will leave an appointment with a client where they come into my office and I see the stress on their face. I see the fear. I see the excitement. There's through a conversation, one of the things I'll do with the client is I ask them to describe if I could wave my pen and it was a magic wand, what would the perfect business or the perfect life look like? And I started to pull out their dreams, pull out really their why behind what they're doing. And once I can create the why or help them discover the why and then give them a system designed around that why, the whole demeanor changes. And it could be as much as fast as 15 minutes. It could be a couple hours, often with tears. Some on my part, some on their part. But always the conclusion is they walk out of the office calm and ready to take on the world. Well, that is a big shift from where mm -hmm. they were. Definitely. Uh, and, and I understand what you're talking about because you and I know that's part of a transformation process. My husband says to me, so did you make anybody cry today like you normally do? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the power of the work that's mm -hmm. when you know that um it's a great indicator when there's emotion like that around getting to a person's root because that's their why mm. yeah and what's so cool is watching how when a person figures that out within their own life within their business and even within their community the level of impact and wow that they can deliver is so much more intensified that it really makes it cool to be able to be part of that story, be part of that legacy. And also having three kids who grew up and watching what they're doing now and going out and carrying on the legacy, so to speak, makes it way worth it. Well, you've spoke about that before, um, like how your children have picked up these great life skills that have helped them transcend navigating through the murky waters of life and business and employment for them to figure out what their why is much more swiftly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and what's so cool is as it's kind of a two part benefit. Part A is I see the the um understanding the um level of confidence that comes over a client or a person's face after talking to them for a while then i watch them go out and execute what we talked about and i then see how they and as they begin to build their own legacy the amount of one hour long conversation between myself and another individual, as an example, can directly or indirectly affect the lives of tens, hundreds of different people throughout the course of time. And to know that I can invest one hour and make that kind of impact in people's lives, I can think of. Oh, gee. Oh, there you are. We, we lost Mike for a minute. We're doing some, some remote work today. So, okay, you were talking about the impact that your one hour, Mike, mm -hmm. 
creates a ripple effect that can then help them move their business and their life forward, which then impacts the people they're able to help, which impacts the people they're able to help all the way down the line. So an hour of my, an, me, for me to invest an hour into another person's life can gain hundreds of hours of future results. Absolutely. It's a pretty big game. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful why, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you, your story is really fascinating because one of the points in your life, you learned about your why really early, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And I think it might be a little advantageous to share that for a minute or two. Okay. Which particular one? Well, I, I think part of that was when you were in grade school. Oh, okay. You mean like the story I was sharing with you as far as the candy bars? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Because you started to figure out your why pretty early. Mm-hmm. Well, by no, I knew that as long as I was able to um, go out and intentionally, well, a great example that I'm sharing with you was with the candy bars was uh, when I was in seventh grade, our class had a fundraiser to raise money for this project that the school was trying to pull off. And I knew that, A, if I participate and helped in the fundraiser and the school got the money, they would then be able to use the money to build this facility that they were trying to build and it would long-term impact a lot of people, a lot of okay. my classmates. But I also knew that I had to think outside the box. And how I did that, and I have to admit too, I was somewhat motivated because I really wanted to win the contest. Okay, so, so yes, I wanted yeah, to help, but I also wanted to win. That okay, and this was what seventh grade, so you're like eleven or twelve at that point. Yes. Okay, so so keep in mind as Mike's sharing this that we're talking about a preteen who wants to win a contest. Yes. And it was, on one hand, a pretty easy contest to do or to win. All I had to do was sell more candy bars than anybody in my class. Okay. And the advantage that I had, one advantage at the surface was half of the class thought the idea was silly and didn't want to do it. Okay. But the other so half was- half the competition, right? Right. Okay. But the other half was equally as enthusiastic as I was and- we all lived in the same neighborhood and all lived on the same six blocks of, I don't know how many homes, but a relatively small marketplace or market share. And we lived in the inner city. So most of our clients didn't or our potential customers didn't have a whole lot of money. Putting food on the table was their first goal, not buying chocolate. Okay. So sense. I figured, well, I'm going to win this contest. I'm going to help this cause i'm going to go out and do what it takes to do it and then went to the library and got a couple of different books on business i figured it would help if i knew what i was doing and because, because every preteen goes to the library and gets books out on business okay <laughs> well <laughs> this, this, this is the why unfolding <laughs> uh, yes and perhaps i was lucky because i again had philosophers from different walks of life sit around the table discussing business and politics and all the different things that gave me the conclusion that they read a lot and they seemed to know what they were talking about although as I grew older I began to wonder more and more but that said <laughs> a lot of it seemed to come from books so it seemed to me as a young kid that if I needed an answer to this book out there somewhere that provided it 
So I would go and search a book. So I needed to figure something out. And the library had a lot of books. So it seemed logical at the time. Okay. Besides, I could get a pass to go to the library instead of going to study hall, which was more enjoyable anyway. So it was a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We are uncovering it. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So one of the things that the books did, though, that I got, I got some books on selling, some other ones on marketing. And they answered a lot of questions that early on or earlier in our conversation, I touched on how a lot of businesses around me I saw going out of business and the mistakes that they were making, which didn't seem obvious to me at the time, became more and more clear as I read about the things they were doing. And then as I continued to learn more as a young entrepreneur, it became more and more evident on what not to do and what to do. And a great mentor, well, Jim Rome, actually, once told me that life is great in two ways. Number one, we want to surround ourselves by people who know more of what we know, learn what they know, imitate or do what they know, and we too will grow. The problem okay. is what happens if we don't, and I asked someone, I said, so what happens if you are around somebody or you don't have the opportunity to surround yourself with great people. He said, simple, look at the people around you that are doing things that don't work and do the opposite. <laughs> Either way, there's a lesson to be learned. If, if doing something that doesn't work and you don't want that outcome, don't do it. Figure out the opposite of what they're doing and find someone who's doing that and chances are they'll have the outcome you want. Do that, and you're going to get the outcome. You're going to get the result. Anyway, back to the story. So one of the things that I learned was to identify my target market and to find out who in my neighborhood would likely buy chocolate. And most people like chocolate, so that seemed pretty easy. Then I had to figure out my competitive edge, what made me stand out while I was part of a fundraiser, so people clearly wanted to support, so I thought the fundraiser, but the problem didn't come down to competition. So anyway, in a nutshell, I came to the conclusion that I, if I wanted to win this contest, I couldn't work in the same marketplace that was already limited with a bunch of other kids that are after the same goal. I needed to find a marketplace that didn't have as much competition or preferably any competition. <laughs> and two, I needed to then create a reason for why they would want to buy their pro my product. Okay, so listeners, I want you to, to think about this for a minute, because right now Mike's sharing a lot of the business language that we all know, but he was a seventh grader when he was figuring this out, and, and of course not using all that same language, but the concept nonetheless, and being able to, to say, hey, I, why compete? I need to go create my own marketplace. This is huge. And it's something that I've talked about ever since I started my business of creating and owning your marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people truly work to do that. And here, a preteen is telling you he figured it out. Yeah. Not from Google even. <laughs> No, it, it can be this simple. And that's what I want to share with you, because as Mike's about to wrap up his story, he's going to reveal to you simplicity wins every time. 
Yeah. So what did you do, Mike? Give us the short end of the story. Okay. Well, one of the things that, and in, in today's world, and I touched on it in the chapter in the book, is creating a network. Figure out who is in your network, who can help support you that's in your network, and go to work in the network. Well, I was a seventh grader. My network wasn't very big. However, I had a mom. <laughs> my mom had friends. One of my mom's friends lived on Lake Drive, which had a lot of wealthy houses, large houses on her block. So I figured I will go ask my mom's friend, kind of going back to the earlier point of seek out who knows what you need to know and find out the answers you're looking for. So I needed to find out if there was a potential market in this area that I thought there would be. And she said, well, actually, the kids in this neighborhood, they don't go door to door selling candy bars. If they have a fundraiser. They put the candy bars in their parents' office and the parents basically sell them for them. So I had a wide open market because, A, the only way you could get my candy bar, the defining your competitive edge, was through a fundraiser. So the only way that people in this market would be able to access the candy bars was through me. I was the doorway to incredible chocolate. Also, most of the people that were home at the times when I would go knocking on doors tended to be grandmothers who had grandkids. And when they knew that I was out knocking on doors to support my school, there was an instant bond. The other side, though, was community, which I talk about in the chapter and the importance of creating community. Well, mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't look like I was from out of the neighborhood. I had to look like I fit in the neighborhood. I had to be part of the community. So I defined who my network was. I defined where my market, the ideal market, was at. And then I had to figure out how can I become part of this community, which I clearly was not. Well, one advantage I had was it was 45 degrees out being in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I chose not to wear a jacket because nobody in their right mind would cross town in 45 degree weather and sell candy bars to their door without a jacket. You get very cold very fast. However, <laughs> <laughs> I discovered very quickly on it, like the third door, that A, I was immediately accepted because they assumed I lived on the block because who else would do such a thing? And not only would they buy my chocolate bars from me, but they often gave me hot chocolate too because they wanted me to stay warm. They would invite me in and they would ask me questions about my school and tell me questions about the grandchildren. And I very quickly sold all my candy bars and I found that even some doors bought candy bars from me because they wanted me to be able to go home before I got cold as it was getting dark. And again, <laughs> soon I lived down the street. Oh, so there was urgency there. Oh, okay. There was yes. all sorts of things going on. Relevancy. Okay. You nailed it. You make change happen. Yes you help others make change happen. And I don't want to share the end of the story <laughs> because I know that this is part of a chapter you're writing for the 2018 book that's about to come out in November. Yeah. So we, I don't want to give away everything just yet. Okay. But Mike figured it out and he won. Okay, mm -hmm. but we're not going to tell you the rest of the story and how he won. We're just going to tell you he won and he won big. Yes, although the lessons that I learned are a lot of lessons I make up the chapter in 2017 book. So those right. who go back and read that will see that those concepts, those ideas that I just touched on, put in any business. I took a limousine business years later, same problem that I talked about the candy bars different business i was much older but again having a systematized approach to how you go about solving 
a challenge in your business. I took the exact same disciplines I learned in seventh grade, put them in place in my limousine business at the time, which was dying on the vine because I was trying to do more traditional business um, strategies, so to speak, and very quickly turned the business around and was able to sell it to a larger business years later because of that. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is stay simple, don't overcomplicate things, grow your network, figure out who out there is already doing what you wanna do and make friends with them. Most successful people I have found, if they know you truly wanna learn from them, will teach you what they are doing because they wanna, just like me now at this point in my life, I wanna be able to take the knowledge that I've acquired over the years and pass it on to other people that are trying to do what I've already done and that are doing what I'm doing as well. I don't believe in competition. I think competition is something that's in our own heads. Amen, amen to that. There is no such thing as competition anymore because nobody's doing the exact same thing. There's too many variables. Yeah, definitely. So I hear you loud and clear on that. Okay, so your big why is about impact and helping others have impact. Mm-hmm. How do people get a hold of you? Small business owners, pay attention. You you want help? This is somebody who you should be reaching out to. Mike, how do they reach out to you? The, okay, the easiest way is go to my website, which is microbizcorp.com or .net, either one. There's two different ways of getting there, um, which is M-I-C-R-O-B-I-Z-C-O-R-P dot com micro biz corp and all my contact information is there but if it was i trying to get a hold of me knowing what i now know i would pick up my iphone or my android or even computer and i would download the brilliant biz book app which is brilliant with the b capital b biz b-i-z capital b book b capital b Oh, okay. So brilliant <laughs> biz book and download the app one because it has my contact information on there. And there's other podcasts that I've done with you that have been a lot of fun to do, but even more importantly than that, there's what 42, 43, not even more other apps that have been done by other brilliant experts. So the knowledge, I know all these people firsthand. I've talked to all these people and I could pick up the phone and call them any day of the week. And I'm pretty sure they would answer the phone and answer a question that I have. But I still listen to the apps over and over again because there's nuggets that they say that they might not think of at the time or more importantly, I might not think of asking them. And then they say something and oh, that is really cool. And the next time we get together, I have something to talk about with them. I completely I agree with you. <laughs> okay, so now we know how to get a hold of you. And thanks for sharing that the team is pretty awesome. Yep. Oh, man. The, I, I'd love to talk more, but this is it. <laughs> this is it. Our time constraint dictates such. So, uh, so thanks, Mike, for sharing, because your why is important, and people need to understand that there's people out there like you that can help them out. Yeah. So listeners, this is how you can learn more about and engage with number one bestselling author, Mike Reber. Start by reading chapter five in the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. Again, that's that pretty blue book we were talking about. 
and gift your business's performance by accepting the invitation Mike is offering on his author's page at the end of his chapter. Plus, he has all sorts of handles of different social media sites for you to connect with him as well because he's a pretty active guy. He's out there making it happen. <laughs> that's no doubt. And here's something else that's really cool. Mike had already shared with you the books app is Brilliant Biz Book. And that's all one word. And right now you can see everything about the book and how to get a hold of it as well as how to improve your business by reaching out to Mike. And on the app, there is a page or a dropdown that says, ask an expert, and you'll see Mike Raber's name. Click on it, type in your question, and Mike will reply back. Won't you, Mike? Most definitely. Okay, so that's a pretty good bonus just for listening to us chat about candy bars. <laughs> yes, I believe in selling things you love, and I love chocolate. Ah, there you go. There you go. Thanks for your time and your wisdom sharing today, Mike. My pleasure. It's always fun. Cool. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Until next week, shine brightly. Bye, everyone. <laughs>